Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here, and welcome to my show, Me the Science Podcast. Now, this week, I've just come back for a mega tour. I was in America a lot at all these conferences. It's funny, actually, because um, in my business, conference season is inclined to be May, June. Loads of conferences all over the world happen. And then none in July and August because people go on holidays. People skive off, don't they? And then it kicks off again in September. So I've given like six talks in the past sort of uh, seven weeks or so all over the place. I was in Germany, in Tübingen. But this story I want to tell you is all about cancer because I was at a big immunology congress over in Canada. It was one of the ones I attended, the Canadian. Society for Immunology. I was also at one in Boston. And I, I can't really overemphasize it, um, the excitement, because lots of people are speaking now about the chances that we may even cure. Now, the cure word is always a bit loaded when it comes to any disease, it must be said, cancer. But certainly, we will slow it down. There's a lot of optimism now. There may well be treatments that will really work. You might get recurrences, but then you can treat again and stuff. So loads of discussions are happening that we've turned a huge corner on coming up with ways to stop the big killers. Now we're talking lung cancer, breast cancer, ovarian cancer. There's been progress already with things like melanoma, for instance, and that's through the immune system because what they cracked was about seven, eight years ago now it really began in earnest. Um, if you can just mobilize the immune system to kill the tumor, that would be a great thing. It's almost like a natural thing in some ways because the immune system is very good at killing tumors, it turns out. Uh, if you could soup that up in some way, you may have a way to really kill cancerous cells. And the first evidence for this came from things called checkpoint inhibitors. Checkpoint is the word that's used uh, when a barrier comes down to stop the immune system rushing into the tumor. Let's say, for example, you've got a metastases, which we call when tumors spread in your body. They're very good at excluding the immune system. Uh, literally, a checkpoint comes down to stop the immune system rushing in. If you could block the checkpoint, point, stop the barrier coming down. The hope would be now the immune system gets in and that's showing great promise, uh, certainly in things like lymphoma, leukemias, also in melanoma, beginning to see effects in the bigger cancers as well. So it's been a huge add-on to have checkpoint inhibitors. Colorectal cancer is another one, for instance. The other big breakthrough has been to train the immune system outside your body, if you can believe it. And what they do is they, they take some blood from someone with cancer. They get the T cells from the blood. I think I've spoken of this before. They modify the T cells genetically, stick in a gene, a thing called CAR-T. That mobilizes the T cell to go and kill the tumor back into the body. And then the T cell hunts down the cancerous cells. That's been especially successful in leukemias and lymphomas. So all this progress has been happening in the past, I'd say five or six years. It began in earnest about 10 years ago, I guess. But now the latest stuff, right, is a bit more traditional. It's better types of chemo, you might call it that in a general sense. And as I guess many will know, the main way to treat cancer historically has been to use chemotherapeutics. Various poisons can be used to kill tumours. Could you get really specific drugs to kill the tumour without horrible side effects that chemo causes? That'd be a good thing anyway. But secondly, to increase the efficacy of these approaches. And lo and behold now, they're seeing real progress. There has been some progress actually before this. But this meeting I was at, really speaker after speaker, spoke about the progress that's happening in different types of cancer. Now I'm going to give you the three big examples. Lung cancer first and foremost. A trial was done with lung cancer patients. These are people who had been diagnosed with lung cancer, had some surgery, so they had some of the tumour cut out, right? Then they gave them the drug and guess what? They decreased the risk of dying by 51% in those people. Now that's a big effect. 
as you can imagine, because before this treatment, if you had lung cancer, even if you were operated on, you had a high chance of dying in the next few years. This decreased the risk of dying by half, right? This study took 10 years. They studied people for a long time. The drug is called ozimertinib. Oh, the, these names can be atrocious, but uh, we have to live with them, I guess. And what it targets is a thing called EGFR. Now, there's a type of lung cancer caused by a mutation in a gene that codes for this thing called EGFR. 25% of all lung cancer cases have it. And that's a mutation that happens. And, and of course, one of the big causes of cancer, of course, is genetic mutations. And then you get a different kind of gene and a different kind of protein. And that broken protein, if you like, is what's causing the cancer cells to grow. So in this case, it's EGFR, and that drug blocks that. And, big effect, five-year survival was 88% in the trial. 26 countries took part, thousands and thousands of patients. And when you look at those kinds of numbers, you go, oh, this could be real, this could be true. Now, obviously, trials can show an effect that doesn't repeat, possibly, or there can be all kinds of problems, but this is such a robust study that people really think this is the, the beginning of this. Now, can you imagine if we got that from 51% up to 100%? That would be a cure, wouldn't it? You know, not quite there yet. Some patients don't respond, I guess, and some, some of the tumours are slightly different. But certainly with this study now, this EGFR target with this drug is very hopeful. And that drug's available now. You can, you can get this drug because it was approved years ago for rare types of cancers. But now it, it could have uses in 25% of lung cancer patients. Now, what's important here is this EGFR mutation, it doesn't really cause cancer in smokers. Now, now, smoking is a big risk factor for lung cancer because chemicals in the smoke cause the mutations. Uh, but in this case, it's not really that common among smokers or even in light smokers, you see. So it won't apply to those people. So the, the message is still there, stop smoking. Some smokers will have the EGFR mutation, but it's, but it's not really that common among those who've got cancer from smoking. So the message remains, quit the old fags because they're going to increase your risk of cancer hugely if you can. So it's not those ones. Uh, Two-thirds of women right get this type of cancer for example as well so it could be very useful in that group too so so if you like in 25 percent of lung cancers now from this trial you can have the death rate which is a superb result second example breast cancer and this of course now there's been huge progress with breast cancer must be said over the years there's a thing called her2 that gets targeted in a subset of breast cancer of women and it works really well in those but still a lot of people still die of breast cancer it's still a very serious disease this trial reduced the risk of cancer returning by 25%. Now what, what this trial was is someone was diagnosed with breast cancer, a bit like lung, the example I gave. Uh, breast cancer, you're diagnosed, you may have surgery, you seem to get over it, but then a lot of people it recurs and can then cause really fatal sort of consequences, I guess. But in this case, they reduced the risk of returning by 25%, and that's a good result, isn't it? So one in four women, it didn't recur, you know, and, and, and they're, they're saved, basically, from this approach. Two million people a year are diagnosed with breast cancer around the world, so it's a huge burden. This drug is called ribociclib, and it works by blocking a target called CDK4, CDK6, Again, horrible mouthfuls, but the CDK4-6 proteins, they control how much cells divide. If they go out of control, they can form breast tumours, and lo and behold, the drug stops those proteins. And that was a big result, 25% was fantastic. And it worked especially well if they got it early on. And of course, as ever with most things, you want to get in early. And the great analogy, which I must have used before, those of you who listen but know some of my catchphrases, one is, you're trying to close the stable door of the horse's bolted, it's no good, you know? So get in early, you see. 
and and it was a really positive result especially in those diagnosed early and treated early it worked in those especially well and remember the recurrence rate anyway is about a third to a half so the decreased risk of that decreased risk of returning by 25% is seen as a big big significant effect and what's important here is as ever it's progress and of course they'll tweak it they might change the dose they'll do various things now to improve those numbers to make it even even more effective I guess now my third example is ovarian cancer now again the speaker that spoke about this got, got very excited on the podium, mainly because this is a very difficult cancer to treat. It's a, you know, when you get a diagnosis, it's very severe. And now they've just found a drug in this trial. It's called abutometanib, another horrible name, AVO for short. That targets a protein called RAFMEC. That's two proteins, actually, RAF and MEC. And again, these seem to be a big on switch for these tumours. That drug blocks it. And half the people on the trial responded. They saw their tumours shrink. The investigator leading it said this was a fantastic result. It was done by the Royal Marsden, actually, in, in London. They led the trial and they got this big effect. And they're so excited because, again, for half the patients responding, shrinking of tumour. Now, they're following those patients, of course, but it's a big effect, basically, to see this in, in, in half the patients that were treated. That was a smaller trial, phase two. Uh, we need to do a phase three. The others were bigger. And, of course, the bigger the trial, the better because that's more predictive then of, of the, the general population responding. But still, this was hailed as progress in ovarian cancer by targeting RAFMEC. Slow down that tumour, get it to shrink, you see. So there was our third example. And, and I, I, as I say, the whole theme then was one of great optimism, that here we see all these trials running, and I've been saying this for years, um, there's loads of trials happening all the time, lots of scientists and doctors trying to get new treatments for diseases, and now we're beginning to yield the benefits of this. And I've been in this business now for 35 years, and um, that was always my hope that we would see benefits come from all this research, and now robust benefits are happening. And by the way, in the case of lung and breast, those drugs are available now. In the case of ovarian, it's a little bit experimental, but there's no doubt it should be available soon. And anybody listening who, who might have been diagnosed and maybe worrying, you can get on trials if you talk to your consultant, because hospital consultants are recruiting people all the time onto these trials. So, so don't, don't hesitate to ask. And then, of course, your consultants will be an expert, will be up to speed on these latest breakthroughs, and might make some of these drugs available to, to patients, which is great to hear altogether. And the last thing I want to mention is uh, new tests. That was another theme at one of the conferences I was at, because obviously if you can diagnose cancer early, you get in quick, you know, as I said earlier, you're much more likely to succeed. New diagnostic tests are coming thick and fast. The one that really struck me was a test from a blood sample could detect 50 types of cancer. Now imagine that for a minute. You take a blood sample, you go to see your GP, give a little drop of blood, and now 50 cancers if you have any one of those cancers could be detected in your blood. And what's happening is um, the tumours are releasing DNA into the bloodstream and that DNA will be a readout for mutations in genes and you can measure those mutations. Now, that was a trial involving over 5,000 people. So again, very robust data, a lot of excitement. They reckon two-thirds of cancers could be spotted now in blood tests. Now again, this is still being investigated. It's called the Galeri test. Uh, they need a bit more data, it must be said. But again, progress in detecting different cancers in a blood sample. And lastly, a breath test. Now imagine that for a minute. So you go to your GP in your 50s or 60s, and remember, it's always useful as you get older to get tests done for certain types of cancer, and you blow into a bag effectively. And this breath test could pick up esophageal, stomach, and pancreatic and colon cancer. And 20% of all cancers fit under those categories. So again, it was incredible. And what the breath test was doing actually was, tumours are inclined to give off what are called volatile 
compounds. These, these are chemicals coming off a tumour. The tumour is obviously different to normal tissue and it's making these byproducts, if you will, and that could be detected in the breath test. They'd 15 different chemicals were tested in this breath test and it was often the combinations that gave rise to the best, best results in, in, in many ways. And of course, this was predictable because, and this is a well-known thing, dogs can often detect tumours, strange as it may seem. Dogs have a fantastic sense of smell and it's been reported that dogs can detect, you know, chemicals coming off tumours and then can actually detect cancer. And that gave some of the inspiration for this, that if a dog could do it, why not make a machine that could sense these chemicals? And lo and behold, this breath test was devised. Again, it's early days, but this as well. More work needs to be done, of course. But there you have it, a breath test and a blood test may be available soon. Now, you can imagine where this is going. So you'll go to your doctor, you'll have a checkup, which everybody should do regularly, uh, and the doctor will be able to detect, possibly in the surgery, uh, whether you have developed a tumour. And then, of course, get on these new drugs, because the earlier you can treat, the better. That's why there's such optimism. So early diagnosis, followed by these new therapies that are showing such efficacy, will mean that the cancers will be now treatable. They mightn't be curable, but they'll be treatable, and then you'll be able to live almost as long a life. Now, it's a bit like HIV, because the drugs that, that uh, for AIDS, they don't cure you, but they slow it right down, and people are living to ripe old ages now, and they're HIV positive, because of these drugs that are used to treat that virus, they're antiviral drugs. That's the dream for cancer in a sense that it'll become like that that we'll have drugs available that will uh, extend your life to a normal lifespan and these diseases will no longer be the fatal diseases that we've all feared all our lives so again lots of progress here and as I say um, you know at these conferences the, the level of excitement was big and doctors are often very cautious you don't hear them use the word fantastic very often the lung cancer press release I read after said that the word thrilling was used so, so we're seeing these very positive words coming out and doctors are very careful because they want the best for their patients and don't want to build up too many hopes because um, that's a bad thing as well of course but certainly all the evidence is now pointing in the one direction that eventually we'll have cancer on the run at long last so that's this week's podcast thanks very much for listening and of course the podcast is a news talk production and it's available to be downloaded every Thursday thank you for listening